97.1 FM Talk Podcast. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. Goodness sake, Seth. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not America's This is the Annie Fry Show. And welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. And I always enjoy our time together. If you want to find me online, Ryan Recker Radio. Uh, do we have our guest on? I think we may just, okay. Joining us now is the senior counselor to the president and E.W. Richardson Fellow for International Engagement at the Heritage Foundation, Jim Carafano. Thank you for coming on to 97.1 FM Talk. Well, why can't I have a cool name like you? I mean, you feel like you a can. pitcher for the Carafano's you know, pretty for, cool. Like a quarterback, you know, right? You know, uh, I don't have that you need a middle name like they put in quotes. So you could put whatever you want there. <laughs> Jim the Animal Carafano or something like that. It would be yeah. awesome. You just got to think of what that thing's going to be. Well, that's, a, that's uh, a good thing to work on in the new year. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Your resolution, a new nickname. Uh, <laughs> well, you probably saw the breaking news. The Harvard president, Claudine Gay, resigns. And I keep looking back at this story. And, I, you know, I think about this and I wonder – why is it that the raging anti-Semitism wasn't what put her in for, but it was the plagiarism? What does that say? Well, first of all, uh, we've learned nothing from this because she will pay no price. She'll be taken care of. She's already playing the victim card that, you know, somehow she's the aggrieved party here. And the lesson that people will take away from this isn't that you are held accountable for your actions. Uh, it's that if you play the game, you, know, you will get taken care of. So if you're part of the, the mighty leftist establishment, which is the whole idea, get and seize power and, and be part of helping us build that impenetrable wall. And then, dude, doesn't matter what you do, you'll get taken care of. So your point is exactly right. Um, there are a few greater evils in this world than anti-Semitism. This is calling for the genocide of people who have done nothing wrong other than to happen to be born Jewish or profess a Jewish religion. It, it really it is unconscionable to hold or or tolerate those views and here you have a person at one of the leading universities in the entire country who 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 put themselves up on a pedestal for 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 training a generation of ethical leaders and who and who are are the worst create the worst environments for ethical leadership and and for that for the Hirsch six-month reign in which she was the epitome of a soulless, um, corrupt leader. She'll she'll live in you know, in uh, Martha's Vineyard, and and she'll be feted, and she'll write a book about how she was abused, and probably get a TV show published, you know, produced by the Obamas, and you know, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey will, will you know Spotify. have her book yeah. of the week, you know. Yeah, I mean, she's going to cash in. She literally will well, cash in. It, the part of this, too, is that it, it almost feels like a lot of the students were OK with that. 
However, it was the donors, the ones that really helped fund the university with millions and millions of dollars, the ones that were not. And they started pulling their money aside. And that's when the university realized that they were in some trouble. That says something, too, about these universities where the president can echo what their students are feeling at a lot of these large uh, universities. But it's really in the end, um, it's the money that talks. So to me, it shows that there is no integrity. Well, you know, I don't even know if that's true, though. The, the the amount of money that the left have access to is literally bottomless, including federal tax dollars. I mean, forget about George Soros's infinite bank account. I mean, the all the evils, you know, border security and everything, they're all funded by the U.S. taxpayer, controlled by the leftist government. So I, if somebody pulls their billions, I don't. I don't think you necessarily have to hit the, the panic button because the left will find you the money. I don't think that's ever the problem. I mean, and, and Harvard had one of the biggest endowments in the world. I mean, there are Fortune 500 companies that would love to have their reserves. So I'm not even sure that's it. Uh, I, yeah. I think, honestly, it's just getting it off the table. So, so, the, so, can, you know, so the other side doesn't have something to complain about. You know, it's like how many times – Remember, like, we used to beat up uh, Biden for never going to the border. And I think, like, a year and a half ago, he went to the border for, like, an hour and a half. He, you know, saw it in the distance, much <laughs> like Sarah Palin saw Russia. And then, and then it was like, oh, I've been to the border, so that takes that off the table. <laughs> so I literally, I don't, th- I don't think, I think it's just getting the issue off the table so they can go back to doing what they're doing. Yeah, let's talk about the border. Uh, illegal immigration, has it gotten better or worse during the Biden administration? Is that, that a true question? <laughs> that's an easy what they call a softball it's, question it's, no it's well it's it look we it, the board the board, you know you can go back to andrew jackson's thought, the border has never been this open and dangerous it's it's the most it, and, the, and the reason for it, say well geez you know back in the the texas rangers and poncho via racing across the, the border was wide open but People from all over the world couldn't jump on a plane and walk here. Do you know there, there are actually travel agencies setting up around the world in places like Africa and Asia and the Middle East where you can, you can go to a travel agent and literally book your illegal entry into the United States? Oh, I, I, oh no. I mean, no, no, no. We, the, we are on the path to, to maybe a half a billion people coming here. In, in, in the reasonable future, but because if we just keep doing what we're doing. And, and if you run the numbers, it's 330 million Americans. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, if we were just run this out to its logical conclusion, there will be more people here who just walked in and took over than actually are, are U.S. citizens. Wow. Can I play you a clip from Senator Dick Durbin in Illinois and get your thoughts on this? Because he has a solution to the problems at the border here Sorry. here's his solution because actually he looks at a problem and finds solutions that's what senator dick durbin does let's play this there's also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now the presiding officer my colleague from the state of illinois has legislation which addresses one aspect of that her bill and i hope i describe it accurately says that if you're an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like. You can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? 
they can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them the chance? I think we should. Okay, so that's Senator Dick Durbin out of Illinois. His solution is if you enter the country illegally, but then you serve in the military, then you get your citizenship. What do you think of that? Yeah. Well, you know how many people are going to sign up for that? Three. <laughs> Why would you do that when you can come to the United States of America, go on welfare, get free medical care in California, and, and not have to do anything? I mean, this is, this is laughable. I mean, do, do they practice this in front of a mirror to do this without laughing at themselves? Not to look anything you do, which provides a positive benefit. Forget about if anybody signs up for it or not, because nobody will. But for anything you do, which, which offers a positive benefit to illegal immigration is going to accomplish one thing. It's going to attract more illegal immigrants, period. That's it. So there is no magic button, amnesty, here's a deal, workers or whatever. It's the only two things that are going to reverse this are securing the border, deporting a large number of people, and enforcing the laws. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. Let's um, kind of look at some foreign policy things, because just for the sake of time, uh, what do we do with Iran now? Because we keep seeing every day, I feel like there's a new story. There's some group out of Iran, a proxy group that keeps attacking Americans, attacks Israel, and it happens over and over again. And now it's, it's happening such frequent, such frequent uh, basis, and it always goes back to Iran. What do we do with Iran now? Well, look, if we just keep doing what we're doing, at some point, a lot of Americans are I, I pray to God this doesn't happen. A lot of Americans are going to get killed, and this administration will be forced to make a really robust response, and then things will really get tough. So that's the worst-case scenario. Um, the, the most likely scenario is we keep doing this, and Iran just says, okay, well, if the United States isn't going to react to that, then while Biden's running for president, we're just going to declare ourselves a nuclear power. He won't do anything. And then the new president will come in, be faced that, and the entire region will be turned on its head. Um, the, so this policy is completely unsustainable. At one way or another, it's going to lead to a really bad end, either a nuclear Iran or uh, a, a horrific confrontation. Uh, but not, no good is going to come of this. There is no positive end state here. You think about it. We, we just keep doing this tit for tat thing. They just keep doing it. They just keep doing what they're doing. And we've got company, you know, we've got uh, shipping companies not sailing through the Red Sea. We've now disrupted a major uh, uh, waterway. We have um, countries doubting the resolve of the United States to defend itself. People worry about Iran being a nuclear breakout state. It's prolonging the, 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 the war uh, against Israel with Hamas and Hezbollah. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it, there's only one upside. And I just got to say, there's only one upside. When Biden came into office, I predicted that the worst things and foreign policy are going to happen in the Middle East. And I'm right. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's what we continue to see play out. And what we find, too, is that uh, the, the debate about tying foreign aid and our foreign policy with the southern border, it just goes to show you that they never really took the southern border seriously to begin with. And I, this is where I find in 2024, the Republicans have, I think, pretty good odds of taking both the House and the Senate. Even if they were to do both of those things, do you think anything would get done? Like, how, how do we get anything done in this country where some of these things that we know have been problems here in our own home country continues not to get taken care of? How do we get anything done anymore? 
Well, I actually, the, the good news is I think all these problems are solvable. And in large part, again, I'm not political, I'm not Republican, Democrat, but because we've seen them being solved in recent history, um, we know the border can be secured even with current law because we, we saw that happen for four years. We know Iran can be deterred because we saw that happen for four years. We know Russia will back down because we saw that happen for four years. We know that you can actually challenge China and get their attention because we saw our president do that. So the, the, the short answer is, is we, we've seen successes in all these things. And, and, and we've seen that there's a middle path between sitting on our hands at home and be isolationist and doing nothing and invading and bombing every country in the world. So I, I'm in the camp of the optimist that, that, that these are all fixable problems because they've been fixed before. And, and, and I actually love where we are politically in this country for the crazy reason that Americans have two very clear choices for the path forward. This is, you know, this is not McCain-Obama, where they sounded almost identical on the campaign trail. People have, a, people, people have a real choice of what direction they want the country to go in. I, what is better for a democracy than a, than a clear and obvious choice between two different futures? Right. Uh, at J.J. Carafano, you can look up online his work also with the Heritage Foundation, senior counselor to the president, the E.W. Richardson Fellow for International Engagement at the Heritage Foundation. We'll come up with a good nickname for you, and whatever it is, maybe I'll have to check your social media and see when you change your uh, name in there, and then I'll know what you decided on. Jim Carafano, thank you so much for coming on to St. Louis in 97.1 today. Thanks, Jim. Jim Carafano is fantastic. What a brilliant mind. Uh, we, there was a clip we didn't get to play in the last hour. I want to do that coming up after the break. It's the Bill Maher, Seth MacFarlane thing. And Seth MacFarlane compares Trump and Biden to former leaders. It's such like you look at that and you roll your eyes. You're like, OK, whatever. But I wanted to get your reaction to it coming up after the break. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on 97.1 FM Talk. I enjoy the conversation, Brad, that you're having with Brad Crowell on Twitter about the movies of Steven Seagal <laughs> trying to solve a mystery of your favorite Steven <laughs> yeah, Seagal Yeah, it was mysteries. executive decision. Thank you, uh, Mr. Crowell, for, for tagging me on Twitter for that. And thank you to our good friend Balls for tagging me in. It was Air Force One that was the zip line scene. So. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, boy. We have the best uh, Could you imagine... Could you imagine Trump or Biden trying to do a zip line? Like, what a disaster <laughs> that would be. Both Not would be between planes, horrible. just a zip line? I'm just, I'm just imagining just Trump, Trump yelling from the plane. There's <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful zip no line. Way. <laughs> <laughs> his hair never moves. <laughs> That's true. No, his hair does move in the wind. That's true. But it wouldn't fall off. You know, they make it sound like he's wearing a wig. But no, it's there. Um, did you see the one sit down between Seth MacFarlane and Bill Maher? It's one of those, what do they call it? Club Island or whatever it is. Essentially, they sit and a lot of times they smoke weed or whatever, and they have these long conversations. They drink, they smoke or whatever. And Seth MacFarlane was talking and making considerations of the next uh, presidential election. And one of the things he brought up was this comparison. Let me play it for you and see what you think. Now, uh, Bill Maher, of course, a political commentator. And Seth is the one that created Family Guy, and that's who you're going to hear from. So a controversial kind of cartoon to begin with. There's one thing I think has yet to be said about this upcoming election, because we all know it's Trump versus Biden, um, assuming he doesn't wind up in prison, uh, is that you're voting for a team, that you're not voting for a person, you're electing a team. And you can have a team of people who were selected for their expertise and selected for 
their mastery of their individual piece of the puzzle, or you can elect a, a team that is there to say, yes, sire, whatever you say. And right. for me, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. It's FDR, I mean, it's Hitler. And I know the Hitler comparisons are no good, but you know, and I know, FDR trusted his team, and Hitler was a micromanager. Okay. So the comparison to Hitler because he's a micromanager, that's the one that came to mind for it. Uh, number one, the first thing I would say to try to counter Seth MacFarlane's quotes is that the Biden administration notoriously surrounded himself around people that were there for social justice reasons. Are you kidding me? Have you seen how many appointments that were there that have come back and you realize not only did they have zero experience, they were only selected because they were some sort of minority group. Like, for example, what's the one dude that shaved his head and put on lipstick that went to jail? Like, You look at it and you say, what's going on here? And you realize that they literally had zero experience. However, they wanted to try to put someone in so make sure they're represented in their uh, government. But they didn't have any business being in a position like that to begin with. So him saying that, oh, you know, at least the people that need to be there, you have rights. Okay, so I don't know what kind of uh, cabinet or what kind of people surrounding Joe Biden that you're deciding to selectively look at. But as a whole, there were some terrible picks there as well. Well, I say in, in that quote, put aside the idea that one of these guys actually can run something mm -hmm. and the other one is incapable of it and has to surround mm -hmm. himself with people who he delegates to because he can't have the cognitive function to actually perform the job. Put that aside and just consider the actual results, the results. of those people let's that he's Biden's put in team. those positions. So let's yeah. start with John Kirby, for instance, foreign policy. How's he done on foreign he's, policy? He's just the spokesperson. I yeah. Let's but, let's talk Blinken and and okay. Let's go Blinken. Like go ahead. Their first meeting with China. China basically read them the Riot Act and accused the United States of being racist to their face, disrespected them, and then sent them home with nothing. Then they went to China, same thing, disrespected them, sent them home with nothing. Blinken said that this is the peaceful, most peaceful the world has ever been. <laughs> then you look at the Middle East, and then you look at the war in Ukraine, and now you've got Houthis sending things, uh, sending drones and missiles at ships, commerce ships in the Red Sea, not U.S. ships. Mm -hmm. They're shooting container ships that are traveling through the Suez Canal and out the Red Sea to cut off trade to the world. Then you look at how they handled Iran. They unfroze a bunch of bank accounts, gave Iran a bunch of money, released a bunch of money. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, but they're monitoring them. That was just for human aid. Money is fungible. If you free up money for human aid, the money they were using for human aid then can go to terrorist causes. Right after they do that, October 7th happens. Then the Houthis get all uppity and start shooting missiles at people. And things have just spun off the records. So this is Blinken's thing. This is Blinken and Biden foreign policy. The world is like... The wars are expanding. They're not getting smaller. So that's mm -hmm. Blinken. <laughs> <laughs> what about Homeland Security head Alejandro Mayorkas? <laughs> How has he done? <laughs> I mean, if, if we're just looking at the team, you know, just picking a couple guys here, how do you think he's done? What did he say? Uh, the the border is secure. The border is closed. And what was the latest numbers? Over 300,000 300, encounters in the month of December alone. 300,000 people. Oh, that's all. <laughs> so, that's it. 300,000, my goodness. So you're telling me that just among those two that we picked of Blinken and Mayorkas. Janet Yellen. 
<laughs> How's inflation doing? Uh, so, oh no, it's a dream. The Bidenomics is working, guys. It's, it's you coming heard? down. Well, it's the no, team. It's expanding less rapidly. Is what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. To, to Seth McFarland's point, you know, you just got to have a great team around you, and I'm willing to vote for a great team. I think the funniest thing about that clip is that he says that, and then before you're able to really critically think about it, he goes, "Oh wait, let's." Let's. I'm just gonna say Hitler. I, I'm gonna make sure that you don't engage your brain into what I've said, and just say Hitler and FDR, so that you emotionally react to that. Right. Because like the the least the thing that we like least about Hitler was he was a micromanager. That, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, I hate people with mustaches for that same reason. It's, it's, oh my gosh. Make like oh, these people don't make valid arguments. They make emotional arguments. So it's like, ooh, if I say this word, like you said, Hitler, it strikes an emotional chord with people, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't like him. People really don't stop and think. Well, why? Why is it we don't like Hitler? And does that actually apply to Donald Trump? No, he's bad. Yeah. Hitler's bad. They're both bad. They're the same. That's the 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 depth of the Donald Trump is literally Hitler argument. It's the stupidest yeah, and, thing. Do you know what? Can I say what people decided to point out on social media that's very insensitive but was funny? What basically said to Seth MacFarlane is the reason you picked FDRs because Biden's mostly incapacitated. You know, FDR <laughs> Ooh, that's after good polio yeah, was stuck to a good. wheelchair. Yeah. Now, I thought that's so insensitive, but it's it's so hilarious. I, but now keep in mind, Seth MacFarlane made an entire career out of making jokes like that. And that's what he does every cartoon he puts out anyway. So, um, But th- there's got to be a little bit of irony in something like that. I, when I hear any type of comparison to Hitler, you're right. It's just basically I roll my eyes and say, oh, boy, all right, this is what we're doing now. huh?" And to me, it, it almost seems like you automatically like discount anything you've said before that as soon as, soon as you say well, the name. Yeah, but not only that, aren't, aren't we like making ourselves numb to it? I mean, like this is the whole chicken little sky is falling thing. When you use that like comparison and it's not the right comparison and people are looking at this and it's not right comparison and the more you shout he's literally hitler the more people do what you're doing ryan which is rolling your eyes then when literally hitler comes along the guy that is actually going to do what hitler did people are like yeah we heard this one before we're not having it and then nobody's (laughs) gonna believe you it's the boy who cried wolf yep um, another, uh, so we got so many clips, but, uh, I wanted to bring this up because I know you guys love Illinois. Like it's your favorite state. Uh, you think if there's a model that other states should use, it should be the uh, state of Illinois, particularly Northern Illinois around the Chicago region. Mm-hmm. But did you see that you all put out their list of their top states based on where they make their most profit of people moving out of state and Illinois made that list? Oh, because people are <laughs> moving to Illinois so much, right? Oh, no, 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 no. It's actually the opposite. So oh, uh, no, Missouri really? actually has been a beneficiary to that. Does that surprise you? <laughs> There's so yeah, many. Yeah, it does. I think they said 33,000 residents uh, for the past year and a half have moved out. Because, and that's what they were able to at least track through U-Haul. And the number is probably higher than that. It, it does surprise me because when I think Illinois, I think sound fiscal policy and opportunity. And this is where right. people, I, I assumed until this stat came out, that this is where people wanted to move from all over the country. Uh, people saw Illinois as kind of a beacon of freedom throughout COVID. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, I, I want to go there because I want to be free. Uh, that's why so many migrant buses continue to go to Chicago, because <laughs> that's where they want to be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that's exactly why they're doing <laughs> like that. To be there. That's exactly why they're doing that. Uh, so... I, I saw that and I said, okay, of course that's going to be the case. 
Um, and I know that Northern Illinois is so much different than Southern Illinois when it comes to even politics or the way people act for the most part. But I find that even in the Chicago region, things are getting really that much better. And you find um, different statistics come out. They said this about St. Louis. They said this about Chicago. They said this about Detroit. Look at this. The homicides are down. Everything's great. Well, this is just kind of like the inflation debate, too, where you compare it to, oh, I don't know, two years ago during COVID when it was super high and everything was crazy. And now it's still bad, but they're saying, hey, it's not like, you know, 2020 levels bad when everyone was out with BLM riots and shooting and killing people and, you know, burning cities down. So since it's not that bad, we're actually doing pretty good for ourselves. So in comparison, much like inflation, you know, if you were to compare it to a couple of years ago, during the you know Biden administration and the start and going into the really problems we had with inflation and the way we are right now, you're like, oh, yeah, inflation's great. But in hindsight, no, if you look at a two year average or whatever, it's still incredibly high and absolutely terrible in the cost of goods. What they say is baked into the cake, meaning that the prices aren't coming down. So based on what you're paying right now, the best you can ask for is that prices don't go any higher than they are. But we know they are continuing. And that's kind of like the homicide rate right now. They're trying to spin it like it's a good thing. Yeah, I've heard, and this is very common to do, I'm not just like point, pointing at one politician for do this, but I've heard Illinois politicians, Democrats, use a figure like X amount of people have moved into Illinois this year, because that's always true. Mm-hmm. You always have some in migration, yeah. but then just not say what the total out-migration, <laughs> the out-migration is. Migration. So you'll say, well, you know, 100,000, 300, whatever it is, X amount of people moved into Illinois this year, and then just leave it at mm-hmm. that. That's actually what Gavin Newsom was doing well, a lot in the that other debate. Trick, the other trick that they use is they'll go to percentages and they'll yeah. say per, per oh, capita. Yeah. Like, oh, don't yeah. do that. Which, you know, if you examine the numbers at all, you'd find out that, well, between birth rate and in migration, you're actually one of the lowest states in the United States for those things. But you can still spin facts to sound like that if you don't want to look into it, which most people don't. I want you to know that um, politicians, they never spin facts. I don't know what you're getting that. But we just got a tweet in from someone of Donald Trump. Looks like it's zip lining. Who's out there with the Photoshop <laughs> oh, and wait, the quick I fingers? I got to see this. That, uh, the, the, that's, out, <laughs> that has to be balls. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's up with this listener? Is this a regular for you guys? Yeah, a regular <laughs> listener. So it looks like what he's done is taken a picture of Steven Seagal jumping out of a plane and just put Trump's head <laughs> That's over. Harrison Ford. Oh, is that Harrison Ford? Okay. Yeah, dragging from oh, the zip line. Okay. <laughs> Fast on the Photoshop on Twitter. That's hilarious. All right. Thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate your contribution there, balls. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, You know, there's another story. We might have to do this after the break, but crime in the metaverse, it's not just crime in real life. It's like crime that's done virtually. Um, Is that still a crime? That makes for a pretty interesting debate, but maybe we'll do that after the break. I guess before we go, I haven't seen any update to the Epstein list yet. It should be coming out at any time. Have you seen anything released yet? Is there any breaking news sounders out there like on Fox or has anything been released that you've seen? Uh, No. I mean, aside from what you talked about with the John Doe 36 being identified as Bill Clinton, according to the Washington times. uh, No. He's all over. Yeah. He's all over this. I wonder what Bill Clinton's doing today. I wonder. You know what I think is going to be one of the big hits that they're not really talking about in 2024? I think the Democrats maybe have lost their number one surrogate in Bill Clinton. Like whenever there was an election, they always sent Bill Clinton and he always drew a crowd and they always got, you know, oh, look, 
Uh, maybe that'll help get some votes because he's a fantastic public speaker. He's not going to be allowed in public at all after this Epstein list. And the Democrats in this upcoming election may have just lost one of their top surrogates, I think. Uh, maybe that could play a factor in this upcoming. Because who are they going to – like who – Who's out there right now that's going to draw a crowd that people are going to get excited about? Are they going to send Pete Buttigieg out there on behalf of Joe Biden? Yeah, right. Hillary Clinton. No one's going to get excited. What's that? Hillary. Oh, yeah. Take Hillary out there. Oh, won't that be great? I'd go to that speech only if I knew they were going to drop balloons and just see what (laughs) her reaction to it was. No, Hillary was running for president and she didn't show up to her own events. It was Bill Clinton that went out on her behalf. Oh, yeah. This is back. Yeah. Obama. Yeah, 2016. Obama Obama's still draws hated, a crowd. They hated the Clintons. I know, but he yeah, still draws the, people. He might be the only person they have left. Yeah, I guess Bill Clinton may not be their number one. Uh, if if Obama even wants to do that, do you think he even cares uh, at this point? Do you I think he know. wants to? It'd be tough to go out there and stump for Joe Biden right now, <laughs> <laughs> just for anybody. It's so bad. That's a tough sell. Like, oh boy, you know, uh, it's it's like going out there and you're like, okay, your job today is to go sell a, a bunch of electric vehicles that have been catching on fire. Oh boy, this is going to be a tough sell, but I think I can do it. Um, crime in the metaverse, is this more real than crime anywhere else? And that is a question that's being debated over in the UK. We're going to discuss that coming up. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. Go vote in the YouTube live chat poll now. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? Yes or no? Tell us in the comments. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Have you heard of the trend? Um, is it dry January where they encourage you not to drink alcohol for a month? Yes. Um, that's pretty common. Yeah. Did you know vegans had a version of that where they want you to get off of animal byproducts for a month in January? They have their own challenge. Oh, I think I already failed that. Pass. <laughs> pass and pass. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- I can't believe that this exists i think there's i think there's a reason why no one really uh, understands it's there but i saw there was a story on wired and essentially says here's some psychological tricks to help you go vegan isn't that great like you have to brainwash yourself <laughs> to give up animal products <laughs> it's like you're essentially saying you have to do that to make it work um and that's it. That I didn't read the article. I, oh. I don't care to. But uh, that was it. Uh, by the way, too, something else I've noticed in today's pop culture. If you go back like 10, 15 years, do you remember how big of a deal it was if someone watched a show before you and they spoiled it and you would have to yell, no spoilers, no. If someone was talking about things, no spoilers. I just wanted to get your general pulse on this. Is it become, I guess, less uh, likely to have a show spoiled for you? lately than it was maybe 10, 15 years ago, because it's so strange. I don't watch shows when they come out. I always watch them well after they're out. And I can tell you that I started to realize, wow, this is a popular show and no one's ever spoiled this for me. Do people just not spoil shows anymore? Like, have you noticed that at all in your lives? I think they do. We just watch. So we, it used to be that everybody was watching a show at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that still happens once in a while with a big new release of some new movie or, or some show on a major platform. But for the most mm-hmm. part, we're watching shows at such different times. You know, I'm, I'm watching a show right now that came out three years ago. It's new to me, yeah. but I've never heard anybody talking about it. And so I'm sure somebody has already spoiled that show for me at some point. But, it's but I've years. forgotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know the show that you watched. Um, it's Bluey. And three years ago, is that what you picked up? That's that one's still new, Ryan. Uh, I'm still watching. <laughs> well, it started about three years. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, yeah, no spoilers. The dad's a good dad. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, 
Now, I was looking, too, at the top 100 most-watched TV shows at 2023, and a lot of them are sports. Um, it goes to show you that I really don't watch a lot of the same things people watch because I barely watch sports anymore. And a lot of it's the NFL, and then they throw in some award shows like the Oscars and the Grammys. But um, people just watch a lot of live sports, which makes you uh, understand why these streaming companies like Amazon and Apple, they all are fighting for live sporting events because they realize that's what people are watching anymore. Uh, and they want that. But yeah, I, this weekend, my wife and I went to go see The Boy and the Heron. It's a Japanese anime. Have you heard of, the, of this uh, cartoon? No, I haven't. What is it called? It's a Studio Ghibli Okay, I've heard movie. of Studio so, Ghibli. Yeah, it, or Ghibli. I think it's Ghibli. And the movies they come out with are normally like PG, PG-13, but the artwork is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you know you're going to go see a movie that's not like you know, some guy's going to get decapitated in it or something, you know, crazy. So it's a lot of storytelling in a very artistic Japanese type of way. And I think that when the the movie we went to go see was dubbed in English and there were some huge voice actors that did the English dubbing, which is really remarkable, all things considered. And I sat down and watched it and it's like, you look at all the ratings and the critics love it and the studio loved it. And I got there and I kept thinking, I can't wait for this thing to be over. (laughs) I just felt so bad. (laughs) And it was like the first movie my wife and I have seen in the theater in like two years. It's been forever. And I feel like I picked the dud and now she's never going to let me pick a movie ever again. Well, she's probably right. Uh, That does not sound like a movie I would go see. (laughs) I don't know if I'd see that at all, let alone in a theater. That Boy, that must be a pretty big release if that's in a theater right now. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you what is in movie theaters at any given time anymore. The my wife and I over the break we went and saw the uh, Ferrari movie, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a story about Enzo Ferrari and like the I can't even pronounce the race right Mille Maligne or something like that. It's a thousand mile race across northern Italy, and how he mm-hmm. had to enter that and they had to win that is like in 1950 something. And if they didn't win it, they wouldn't be able to sell enough cars and Ferrari would cease to exist. Or he Ooh. could like the idea was like Ferrari was a racer at heart and he sold cars so he could race well he was spending more money on the racing program than he was building and selling cars so then they his financial advisor told him look you're gonna have to partner with a company well this is what eventually leads into the ford versus ferrari story so this is like the foundations of that but it focused more on enzo ferrari the man in his personal life than it did on the the business aspect or telling the history of that and so it's like while i was like super excited to see this movie because i'm a car guy i'm a racing guy i love all this stuff I'm not really like interested in Enzo Ferrari's private life, and like mm-hmm. I feel like they spent too much. And so it was a good movie. It was well made. Adam Driver did a good job acting in it. I just didn't find the story compelling. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at in movies right now. Like what's out, and you you look at it and you go, eh. There's just not anything that is inspiring me to go see a movie. Yeah. And that popcorn better be real good, because <laughs> yeah. if I go there and the movie stinks and the popcorn's stale, I'm going to be real upset. Um, you know, uh, outside of movies and things, there was this one uh, story over on the Daily Mail, and this happened over in the UK. Police are investigating their first case of rape in the metaverse after a child was attacked. 16-year-old girl says she was gang raped by virtual strangers online. No physical touching Nothing of that matter. It's just her and her little headset on. And online, the avatars acted dirty towards this 16-year-old girl. So the police are investigating it. And she's saying that it's it's first-of-its-kind type of rape investigation in the digital world. Um, 
can you commit crimes in the digital world? I can. Is that actually a crime? Do you think that is something that the police should be involved in? It seems like it would have to enter the real world at some point for it to be a real crime. Like they'd have to have been saying things to her on the headset. Maybe is that is that what we're talking well, about? Well, like if it's a sixteen-year-old girl, like isn't there sexual harassment? I mean, it doesn't matter if you do it online or in in a game okay, or whatever. Sexual harassment. It's, it's a sexual harassment of some sort. If they're saying something outside of the kit, why why is the program allow there to be rape in it? <laughs> I mean, like, well, I don't think it's OK. I don't think there's yeah. like digital actual things going on. I think it's like, OK, they position their avatar in a way that suggests that's what's happening. Well, that's ridiculous. So. That's so stupid. <laughs> this would be a, crime, a real physical crime. Look, I might be mad if my uh, son or daughter were online and some people were doing something to them in a world that I probably wouldn't allow them to be in anyway. Uh, but, you know, she's 16. Sounds like she's. You know, she probably got some freedoms in her house. That's fine. That's what you do. But at some point, don't you have to go, well, this isn't real, so why are the cops involved? You know? Well, the, I guess yeah. the question is, too, though, if you, if you want to look at it this way, if it is if it is a harassment of, and of a sexual nature, you're not allowed to do that even if you do it by phone or in person or through social media. Why would it be any different on a virtual reality chat room? than it would be in a regular chat room. Ryan, is the case that they just had a few of their avatars standing around her in a suggestive way? I, I, like, what? what is the claim? The claim is that she was in an online room with a large amount of avatars, and then it was a gang-up situation where the avatars came to her and... I didn't see video of this, but the description makes it sound like they simulated humping or something along those lines. So it's not like your clothes like fall off and then you're like in a romance situation. It's basically a very crude type of moving that suggests there's something going on. So that's, like that's it's what the it equivalent like. of when you type colon parentheses, it comes up as a happy face. It's not really a happy face, but you're using something to suggest something else. I don't know if it was like that. So, you know, imagine you take two Barbie dolls and, you know, you bring them up together and like, oh, look, they're kissing. They're not really kissing. You know, they're just two Barbie dolls and you're putting their faces together. That's that's what it sounds like to me. It's two avatars and they're they're in close proximity to each other. And then you can figure out what the other one is trying to simulate. So, so some other 16 year old boys made some movement in the game. That made it look like they were hip thrusting, and now she's bringing it to the police? Right. Okay, so the, yes, and this is where it goes a little bit further. So the police are saying that, hey, uh, we'll investigate this, but what we really need are laws that regulate what can be done in the metaverse to prevent like things like this from exploiting children. So they're saying that the laws haven't caught up to the technology yet, and there needs to be something put in place because this is, um, in their eyes, what would be an assault. So I, I'm going to make a suggestion here. I'm going to make a suggestion yeah. that the program or the game, whatever it is, they just take out the hump feature. <laughs> you know, if they found if they control found H, it, well, if I, yeah, you could if yeah. I hit A B at the same time. There, there are so many gamers out there going Ryan. You've never gamed before. 
<laughs> Please tell me. Yeah. Educate me. Listen, these are 16-year-old boys. There doesn't have to be a quote-unquote hump feature for them to figure out a way of making it inappropriate. Well, understood. But apparently they have figured out how to make these little cartoon guys yes. like thrust in the air. So maybe you just do something that makes that less possible. <laughs> no, this is what's going to happen. Like you, your kids will get old enough. And I know my son will get old enough. And he'll say, dad, play this game with me. And you'll hand the controller over and we'll be playing or whatever. And you'll be like, okay, this is how you shoot. The wrong this is how you run. This is how you jump. And I'll be like, oh, okay, how do I do this? I'll press a button. Dad, don't do that. You're humping a 16 year old. And I'll be no. And mm-hmm. I'll throw the system through the window. I'll do it on accident. Yeah, don't, you're right. Why don't is a feature that. like that even in there? <laughs> yeah, this is like the the end of Mortal Kombat, the fatality. You know, you got to hit a uh, yeah, certain I, number of buttons, and then you can rip somebody's skull off of their face. Yeah, and I would throw that system out the window. I would say, get out of here. And this is the article itself. When I read this, I think this is another reason why um, I'm going to not allow my kid to have social media until he's an adult. Like you're going to be a full blown 18 year old before you're allowed on any of this stuff because that's the way other people act. And that's how you stop the kids from experiencing that. Yeah, it's it's got to be like you, you you could hit a certain combination. Somebody out there is going to know this right when I say it. That you could hit, hit a certain combination on the Nintendo keypad and get unlimited lives in Contra. You know, <laughs> it, they need to yeah. a code. The, there, there's a the, code. The uh, you know like it, like you a know Konami it. code or something. I can, you, it's kicking around <laughs> in your brain. I can see it in your eyes. I don't remember that. It's up, up, down, down, left, right, select, start. Or but something if like that. if they've if they've hidden Maybe, that yeah. within the avatar game, that if you hit the right combination of buttons, your character will just walk around like straight humping all the time. <laughs> like just get you know, rid of that feature is uh, what I'm saying. And how about this? Like in the world that the games that these kids play, like Grand Theft Auto, imagine them trying oh to gosh. regulate laws in a game like Grand Theft Auto, where all of this is not only encouraged but where it's like part of the mechanisms where you need to actually advance yourself in the game. Like, how would you even be able to bring that up in an <laughs> yeah, online no, setting? No, you can't commit like crime. That? Yeah, the, the British police are monitoring to see if you commit any crimes in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. I think Grand Theft Auto stock is going to drop pretty you hard, pretty steal, fast. You have to steal a car to level up, yeah. and the police like, yeah. whoa, stop right there, sir. Yeah, you They you knock your door down. <laughs> On th- online the Grand Theft Auto. It's the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That is going on in the UK. I wonder what type of laws they may put in that. Uh, you know, coming up after the break, I want to talk some music with you because I saw Taylor Swift past Elvis for the most weeks at number one as a solo artist on the charts. And there's a new Gen Alpha. So I have to just learn more types of I, I don't like learning these new generations. Again, it's just I, every time I look at this, I realize that there's going to be a new generation. They're going to act differently than I do, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. So let's look at Gen Alpha and the things that matter to them coming up after the break. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for uh, 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com.